Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Freckle food, dear friends, talk about life sides and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have a filter conversations if you've got Ready? I'm so fucking ready. I was born ready, bitch. <laughs> I was born ready, bitch. Well, I'm so excited to be back with you. Because I when was the last I, time I saw you? When I lived in New York, probably. When I, I called I you having to... my mental breakdown. Do you remember that day? I do remember that day, but it was actually after that. We went and got what's the coffee shop called? The Elk. The Elk. Yeah, the but elk. I actually would prefer we rather instead of the Elk, shout out Blackstone because the okay. elk, you know what? I love the elk. Okay. And my people in the West Village will, will agree with this. The elk makes like great specialty drinks. Specialty drinks. It's a vibe. It's yeah. cute. But my biggest qualm is A, there are steps to get in there. And with the stroller, that's just not feasible in my life anymore. Okay, mom life. But B, I used to go like every day. Yeah. And the staff still was just like not. You weren't a regular. Friendly to me. And even with the cute little baby wrapped up in my like carrier, nothing. Mm. Blackstone, I would die for my boys, Alex and Ray and Sammy, of course. Like they cried saying goodbye to Liam when we moved. Oh my God. So it's a a family vibe there. Okay. And when you go, tell them I sent you because they are my favorite people every time. I know I have a Dunkin' Cup with me because I didn't have time to stop by the West Village on my way here today. But every time I come into the city, I make sure just to see them. I don't even need anything. I'm like, I just need to give you a hug. Do a coffee collab with them. We talked about it. And you know what? They're too popular. They don't need my help. Like they have a line out the door. (laughs) You need their help. Every single day. I need their help. (laughs) Get a coffee collab. Anyway. So I saw you after that, but I do have yeah. such vivid memories and I want to shout this out because I think it just like epitomizes you as a friend. I don't know if that made sense, but kind of. It makes sense. When I was in the throes of my postpartum depression, I think I was like four months yeah. postpartum I was maybe, living here. Around there. I just remember texting you being like, I'm having a full mental B, specifically um, around work, which um, is hard for people who aren't in this industry who yeah. are in my life to fully comprehend, you right. know? And I was like, I just need someone to talk through things with. And you were like, girl, I got you. I'll yeah. be there in 20 minutes. And we sat on that stoop and yeah. I was like, what? Oh my God, is I remember that. Life? I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. it so vividly. It happens so often in our jobs too. So I think a lot of people too who are in any like creative or artistic space, no matter what you're doing, it's so easy to like drag yourself down. It's Absolutely. so easy to drag yourself down. So I'm in that 
hardcore. I think for me, it's just very like pregnancy postpartum yeah. related because your brain is working at such a small capacity. I just actually talked about this on an episode where I just don't have the time to be creative and I miss that. Mm-hmm. And I miss the excitement and the interest and all of that. And it's a confusing thing to work through. But yeah. I will also say that you have literally turned into a full fucking film production, which I know I text you all the time about. You're literally the nicest person. Like I know when I get a text from you, it's going to be a compliment. And no, there's nothing, there's nothing better. Truly astonishing. I to consume your content. don't have kids. I have literally no responsibilities at all. Like what else, what else do I have to do? Like I just wake up and work. So I feel like for me, it's like, well, that's that. But it's, you know, truly remarkable. I and like, it. I say this to you all the time and I've said it on my stories. I will say it here. Like you are a full film production. I appreciate it. If I were a brand without fail, my entire budget would go to you. Oh my God. So. You're really helping me right now. Fuck the coffee club. <laughs> Come on the podcast. Literally. One thing I want to talk to you about when it comes to work is I think you're really good as an outsider's perspective who consumes your content, but also as someone who talks to you regularly as a friend, yeah. you're very good with boundaries. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, you do your weekends offline, yeah. which I think is incredible. But how do you feel about boundaries? Do you think you're good at them? Yeah, I think it's just been a long process. I think that like, it's something that I've had to work at. I was an oversharer, like my entire life. From the minute I started my Instagram, I honestly like started it. And then a year in, I was in graduate school and I literally had to leave Instagram for 15 months because I did not understand how to have boundaries. And I had to go like so hot, so cold, so hot, so cold. And it's been such a process for me. And honestly, it was kind of like leaving LA and moving to New York. And I think starting my relationship and being with somebody who was in a nine to five career, who had the weekends off, who was so like, he has literally no social media. And we would just start having these conversations. And I would start hanging out with people when I moved here that were not in the business. And I was like, I am online so much more than everybody else I've met in my life. I'm online so much more. And I'm, I'm like kind of obsessed with like the image and the aesthetic and the life. And it's like exhausting. It's so exhausting. I think it's what leads to so many people having Menti is Menti B is like the Gen mental Z breakdown. Or, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I just know said that. it. I don't know why I oh, said okay. it. Because a lot of people have been saying it, and oh, I'm really? trying to pick up. Like, I'm living in the Lower East Side while I'm in New York, and like it's very Gen, Gen Z. Z, very Gen the Z. low skirts and the cowboy yeah. boots, and I'm like not fitting in. I'm trying to pick up the lingo, and it's like not working for me. The one thing I'm trying to pick up is like it's giving. Oh, right? it's giving. It's giving. Yeah. Right now, a big one is Delulu. Like, oh my god, I'm Delulu. Delulu. Delusional. Like, yeah. Tom taught me Miz. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's Miz. Miz. That's pretty old though. That's old. Well, I have a Gen Z sister, so I. Oh. Well, I guess she's like a zillennial, whatever oh. it's called. So she's, she's like on the, the perfect, cusp, but she's the yeah. perfect kind of yeah. bridge the gap for me. Okay. Anyway, so it's giving whatever. <laughs> so I'm trying to work on it. The The long story short is that like, yeah, boundaries have been hard for me my entire life. And I feel like I've kind of slowly gotten to this point where I had to really sit down and be with myself and say like, what are my priorities in my life? Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly shifting my priorities. I feel like a lot of it for me is the way that like, again, one of my priorities is like my yoga and meditation, which I really don't practice meditation as much as I used to. But when I just started to slow my life down, I was like, what actually matters to me? And is having an online presence seven days a week going to fulfill those priorities? And I realized it 
actually wasn't. I was way, way, way unhappier. I was so concerned with my presence online. I was so concerned with the way I showed up online. I was so concerned with my like overall aesthetic, my beauty, my skin, my relationship. I wanted to share everything and do everything. And it was so fucking overwhelming because I constantly felt like I was living my life for other people and not for me. And I think just like generally, even if you're not an influencer, like having boundaries from like your work life to your personal life is the most important thing you can do. I remember like, obviously I don't drink alcohol. You know Mm -hmm. this. I'm sober curious and I haven't drank for a long time now. And it's funny because like I was talking to somebody who was an addict and we were kind of having this discussion about addiction and they were like, yeah, you know, like workaholism is actually an addiction. Yep. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and I'm totally, I'm borderline workaholic, right? Like, you know, my videos, I, mm-hmm. I like work very hard. I think about it all the time. And I did get to this point where I was like, am I working too much now? And is that actually just, is that replacing alcohol? Is that becoming something that's like super unhealthy for me? So I feel like I've just gotten to this place where I'm like, I need to live my life in a place where my priorities are in check. And I'm constantly, I mean, every day I'm writing down, like, what are my top five priorities? What are they right now? Right now it's my like health, just overall well-being, And that's just not, that's not like my, you know, me eating well. It's right. not just that. It's like literally my mental health. And then my relationship is super important to me. I feel like I'm in the place right now where I'm 30 years old we've been together for a decent amount of time. So we we just need to like kind of figure out where we're going. Right. And that's, a, I think a, a lot of people are in that position. So my relationship, my friendships and family, like friends and family. And the last two, one of them is work. Which and is fair. Obviously. Totally. But like in the sense that like my priority is how can I like, how can I have the best ROI? Like what is the best return on my investment with work? So how much mm-hmm. time can I invest and get the greatest return while also focusing on the other things that of course I need in my life. Working smarter, not harder. Yeah. Which is my goal every year. And I'm not always ever really doing it, but it's, it's a really hard thing to balance. And I will say, I think I'm always in awe. Like for me, my husband does such an incredible job and is really good about that. And that is something I I do really miss about most corporate jobs, not all corporate jobs, but the corporate job I used to have was very shut off. You're done. Mm -hmm. You're not checking things over the weekend or after work. And it is really hard in whatever industry you're in, if it is more consuming and if the lines are blurred. Totally. And then you throw kids into the mix and it confuses things even more because for me, I feel I beat myself up if I'm trying to wear both hats at once because then I'm not present either. And I'm not, no one's benefiting from that. My work isn't benefiting and my son sure as hell is not benefiting. And right now it's interesting you talk about priorities because I, just journaled about this last week where I sit down and I'm in a rut personally where I feel I'm just kind of in a survival mode with work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, but what is my priority right now? Mm -hmm. And my priority right now is my family. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be the priority for the next year and a half Mm -hmm. probably while I bring this baby into the world and go through postpartum and all of that. And for me, you know, everyone's always like, well, what would you regret on your deathbed? When I look back on life later on, that is something I will never personally regret choosing. So I think that totally. that's really important when you sit down to look at your priorities of like later in life, are there going to be regrets where I'm like, I wish I did more of this. I'm never going to wish I spent more time on social media. I can tell you that right. much. Right. Never. 
In this episode, we talk a lot about habits and like how we prioritize time for ourselves to set ourselves up for success and also finding like the small things that work and not becoming obsessive. And we especially chat about this in terms of morning routines. And as you know, a large part of my morning routine is my daily AG1. I'm not exaggerating when I say do not miss a morning. Even if I'm traveling, and honestly, like especially if I'm traveling, I have my AG1 with me. And I know this sounds fucking crazy, but as I pack our hospital bag, like there will be AG1 packets in there for both Joe and I. I'm not joking because it is just our favorite way to start our morning. And it just gives the extra immunity support and energy with all that we have going on. I gave AG1 a try originally because I wanted increased energy and immune support, and now it is such a staple in my routine. I take it first thing in the morning after I meditate and before I start my day, and it makes me feel ready to tackle all of my tasks. One of my favorite parts about AG1, though, is that as a busy parent trying to check off all of the things I have to get done, I never have to worry about whether I'm running low because it is delivered to our front door monthly, and it is one of the best things to take off of my plate to even consider re ordering. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash FFF. That's drinkag1.com slash FFF to check it out. As we are gearing up for baby number two in this household, we are going through all of our old baby stuff and doing audits of what we have and ordering items we either need or want or looking to have doubles of. With this process, I'm putting together so many lists of like recommended products, etc., for all of you to have on hand as parents. And one of those things is the Braun ear thermometer. As a parent, you're probably familiar with Braun because they are a trusted 100-year-old brand with quality products that are built to last. But let me tell you about the Braun Thermoscan 7 Plus ear thermometer. They are clinically proven to be as accurate as rectal, so you don't have to compromise your baby's comfort for the sake of accuracy. And since a fever in newborns can be more concerning, the fever threshold is lower. Braun has developed age precision technology to take the guesswork out. The Braun Thermoscan 7 Plus Ear Thermometer provides age-based fever guidance with a green, yellow, or red reading. This helps parents so they can understand the severity of the fever based on the child's age, and they don't need to spend time looking up information. Because let me tell you, when facing any type of situation where your kid is sick, the last thing you want to get stuck in is a Google hole. Especially given that I will now have a toddler and a newborn, this age-based Based fever guidance is so beneficial and helpful and will absolutely save me time and Googling in the future. This app is a game changer for those middle of the night fever episodes when you cannot remember the last time you gave a kid medicine and now another child is sick. Now you can keep everything together in one place for the whole family. As someone who has found themselves exhausted, sleep deprived, and struggling to remember the details and numbers of all of these things when their child is sick, this is an absolute savior. To get yours, visit Amazon, search for Braun Smart Thermometer, and use code 10FRECKLED at checkout for $10 off your order. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
it's so true. And I think about that all the time when I kind of get worked up about the job. I'm like, how much does this mean? And it's mm-hmm. it's any job, right? Any I mean, job. Any job that you're in, you think like, oh my God, I have this deadline or oh my God, I have this thing. I have to get it done. I have, do you have to get it done? Is it something you have to do? And I think about that all the time because I will sacrifice time with friends. I will sacrifice time in my relationship. I will sacrifice my sleep, which is directly correlated to my health. And I think, do I have to sacrifice those things? for a fucking post on Instagram or to like get some, you know, report in. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a speech pathologist, it was about getting a report in before midnight. Do I have to do that right now? Or can I pick it up in the morning? Right. And sometimes you might have to totally with certain jobs, like eight times out of 10, you probably do more pressure on yourself. And there are many, many jobs where you do. And I fully understand that. But I think that we, we also have to kind of figure out where, where can we give and take? Totally. Because when you figure out where you can give and take, you will start to like take. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, kind of talking about like being off on the weekends, I think so many people are very surprised that I take the weekends off of Instagram. It was something that my therapist, I was talking to her about for a long time. And she was like, well, why don't you try taking Saturday off? And I'm like, nope, can't do it. She's like, well, I think like you probably can take Saturday off. I'm like, no. She's like, what's going to happen? I'm like, oh, my account's going to get hacked while I'm not online. <laughs> Everything's going to go into the drain. I'm going to like, my relationship's going to be over. I'm going to, you know, like whatever. And she was like, just try. And I took one Saturday off and was like, oh my God, that was really nice. And then six months later, I started taking Sundays off. You would have to pay me, literally pay me, tons of money to go on Instagram on Saturday and Sundays so, now. So question for you, are you consuming at all on those days? So I am generally, I'm consuming very little and I consume on my personal account. So I have a personal account Same. that I've had since high school. Yeah. If I consume on the weekends, it's generally me looking at people's, like my friends stories. Cause I don't really go on my personal account during the week. I did the yeah. same thing. I only follow my friends on my personal account. And then I follow yeah. like work people like you on yeah. my professional account. But, but I, I think that like that's something that's an interesting takeaway for people who are listening who aren't creators because most of totally. my audience is not, is not only setting a boundary around your work, but when it ties into social media outside of work, mm-hmm. setting boundaries around your consumption. Because for, sure. for me, yes, I think there's a deeper level for people who are creators on social media because then it ties into your self-worth around your work. But I think just generally consuming so much content is not healthy at all for no. us. I've like stopped scrolling generally. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really scroll a ton. And if I, sometimes I like to look at people's stories because I'm like, you know, I like to see. I love stories. Some, yeah, some like, they're just talking about what's going on or Mm -hmm. I'll see like a quick snippet of people's lives. But I can't keep up. Like the consumption for me is, it's funny as a creator, but somebody who's not a creator, I can't imagine consuming content all day. I can't. Like it is so, and sometimes Tom thinks that's what I'm doing all day, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm working. And he thinks I'm scrolling on Instagram. I'm like, it's 10% of my job. It's 10% of my job. Like I'll go like your stuff, you know, but generally I'm not consuming because I actually think it's super harmful. I'm so competitive with myself. I'm constantly like seeing other people's things. And this is again for any job. It's like, well, for us, we're in like mini performance review mode every single Mm day, but when you're constantly consuming other people's lives, you're comparing yourself. Inherently, Inherently. no matter what, your voice goes there. And so when I'm on my personal account, I'm seeing every single person I know is getting engaged or having a child. I was just going to say that. Every single person I know, it's like, 
every day I am like, oh, well, this person's engaged. Oh, this person's pregnant. And immediately I was literally looking at somebody's like pregnancy video yesterday where they were telling all their family. And immediately I'm like, I'm infertile. Like, I'm not going to have this video. Like, and I just like my crazy thoughts start to roll Mm -hmm. through my head. And then I dream about it. And I'm like, this is so unhealthy. And I was thinking the other day, actually, in yoga, I'm like, I can't imagine what it was like when social media didn't exist. How wonderful must that have been? And we didn't have the just constant inundation of other people's lives and comparing what we're doing and what we're wearing and where we're going. Like the Europe summer, the Italian summer. Like you wouldn't know everyone was there. I want to know where where everyone's getting the the money and the time to go to Italy this summer. Okay, to and be how fair, Italy- I did it last summer. So okay, okay. How long were you in Italy? People are literally in Italy for I was three there months. for five days. People are living yeah. in Italy this summer. I actually don't know how Italy is handling the tourism <laughs> right now. I am. When was I in Italy? Why can't I remember? Oh, I was in there October. So it wasn't last summer. But I mean, I dropped a fucking arm and a leg for five days. For five days. Yeah. I am watching people at the hotels. They're on the yachts. They're on the boats. And I'm literally and I'm going to Tom and I'm like, we need to take a Wait, fucking and vacation. Can I say this also? Sidebar, you're simultaneously spending two weeks or in, whatever, three weeks in New York in a city you love. Totally. Where you used to live that you're probably so happy to be back. But our brains go no. to, but they're doing that. Yeah. Exactly. It's wild. And as two people whose partners are not on social media, the difference is so yeah. drastic to watch how my husband's brain works where there is not a fucking ounce of comparison. Care, no care in the world. No care in the world what other people are doing. Has no clue. Literally. And I'll say to him sometimes like, do you ever wish you knew like what so-and-so was doing? Yeah. He's like, if I wish I knew, then I'd be in touch with them. I'm like, that, that makes so much sense. <laughs> my thing is Tom will come to me seven months after something has happened. Oh, He's like, yeah. oh my God, did you hear about this? And now he calls, he didn't know anything about Vanderpump rules, but he calls it Pumperton. Okay. And he's like, I don't oh. think Joe even knows what that is. Like, and he's disgusted. Yeah. I turned on the reunion one night. I'm like, can we watch? So I watched dinner. He's like the Pumperton. I'm like, yeah, we can watch yeah. Pumperton. He's like, what is this? Who are these people? What's going on? How do you even, how, why are you allowing this into your life? This makes me feel sick. I'm like, so I don't watch reality television for the same reason. It makes me so anxious. It's because I'm just like, we're watching people scream at each other and fight and like get in these arguments and my anxiety just heightens, but I watch so much reality TV. But some people find it calming. Yeah. I, I don't know when I watched love is blind this season, I was like, not well, I could not go to bed after, Okay, but generally I do love, I do love a good just reality TV show. That's me and my yeah. romance novels. Like I'm reading two a week. Are you kidding? So you, I read so much. Really? Oh yeah. So we were listening to this podcast, Tom and I simultaneously, like on a, I think we were on a flight and it was about this woman who was talking about how she got addicted. Oh, was to it these- Dex Shepard? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, who was I've it? listened to who it. Was... It was a woman on addiction. Yes. And she found herself addicted to romance. Yes. You know, I actually resonated very deeply with that episode and I tried to get her on my show. Oh, really? Because I'll link it in the show notes because I cannot remember the name of this woman, but she was an addiction specialist. Yes. Yes. And she was talking about how I, I think she might have been a recovered addict. I could be wrong. I don't I remember. To it a long time ago, I don't but remember. She did have an addiction yes. with these romance novels where she would find herself like escaping her family yeah. time to go read. And let me tell you, during COVID, there was one series that I, my family will tell you, like I fully did not speak to people for like a week and a half. Is I it a locked, court of Thrones and Roses? Oh, God, no, but that one did yeah. under. No, yeah. this series, 
I actually do not recommend it. It was so toxic. I think okay. it's called After. I don't even remember. But okay. I mean, A Court of Thorn and Roses. Like I was Love obsessed. And I was too. But I was less like, I mean, I didn't have a kid with this COVID okay. series okay. I'm discussing. But I would like lock myself in a yeah. room to read it. It's actually something I want to talk to my therapist about this week because I was just having this conversation with my friend where what is it that my brain so deeply desires this escape? Like, why mm. do I need that? And I don't know if it's healthy or not, but mm. I really love, the reason I was having this conversation was with a friend last night. She told me she loved this book. And I said, oh my God, that's so funny. I just finished this weekend and I did not like it. And I just thought this one part of it was so, I just couldn't believe that it was possible that yeah. this girl wouldn't have found out her high school lover was famous when they were 30. That just, you would know. Yeah. But I had just also told her I finished this book, Fourth Wing. You should read it. It's incredible. I just Give told Carissa. And I, and I was like, but it's mystical. So I don't know if you're into that. She's like, absolutely not. I can't do it. Like how mystical. And I was like, I mean, they have dragons that they talk to through their brain. She's we love. Like, so that you're okay with, but you're not okay. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, if, if it's fantasy, yeah. my brain fully escapes. Well, it's fiction. I just love it. I don't think there's a problem with fiction. I think the difference is like, are you not having sex because right. you're too like enamored <laughs> with the fucking fairy sex happening in A Court of Thorns and Roses? No, typically it's like increasing the sex drive. Although pregnancy is oh, well, that's a whole other yeah, thing. Right now, but if it's, it's increasing the stagnant. sex drive, I don't. A, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fucking therapist. I don't know, but like, I don't know. I don't even know why I brought that up. I forget what we were talking. I don't about even this. know why I brought it up. Books. I don't know. I just oh because I said I'm obsessed with. I love reading instead of oh, reality okay. television. That's my like right. mental escape. Right. And I so I listened to this woman talk about the like the whole addiction thing, mm. and we we were on our vacation, and I had like my Kindle, and now what happens on my Kindle is oh. it gives me ads <laughs> for fucking porn books. Uh, Joe and, and so, I share a Kindle account, so you can imagine how he feels about the ads that he gets on his cover. Whenever I click the Kindle, it turns on, and it's like. <laughs> Fairy sex too. Like download or read you'll love. And I'm like, and then Tom's like, what are you reading? Like, and he'll literally be like, do you remember that woman we listened to on the podcast? Like, this is really, and I'm like, oh my God, you're right. But I, I do think there is something, and I will say actually, in terms of like setting boundaries with work, like, you know, bringing it back, but mm -hmm. like setting boundaries with work and all this stuff, I actually find that reading fiction is so important. I agree people uh, self-help books fine I'll do what you want to do like read your nonfiction. I get it but for me historical fiction books that's like my genre I love historical fiction wow okay but can you give us some like oh totally oh my gosh I've read so many good ones this year but pachinko is a really good one okay. they're all very sad so I also like read really depressing books okay. but they just have great <laughs> lessons so pachinko is a really good one the love songs of w.e.b. dubois is incredible it's a lot of pages, but it is so good. Intergenerational. It's, they're really important books. They're okay. like fictional. So you get this sense of you're somewhere else. You're with different characters, but they're important books to read. I think to understand kind of like the history of different cultures and to, I, I'm just, I'm learning so much yeah. while also kind of getting these stories. That's so great. I do feel like it's a really nice, you know, like Marriage. combination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's really important to read fictional books. I think it's also really important to 
sit down at the end of the night and pull up a book and be excited to read it and not feel like it's work. You have to be excited. Yeah. I, I always say that yeah. I gave up reading books that I don't like. Like I am not ashamed totally. or whatever to stop. If I don't like a book and I'm halfway through, I used to like punish myself to yeah. finish it. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. And if it's fairy sex, it's fucking fairy sex. Yeah. And own Hell it. Hell yeah. Own it. As long as you're not, like I was actually having a problem with A Court of Thorns and Roses where I literally had to <laughs> put the book away because I was not working. Oh, I had to set limits on myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Like needed but that boundaries series to read. Is addictive. Like sick. And I haven't read any of her other books because I'm afraid. Chris and I read Throne of Glass together okay. and it didn't do it as much for us. Yeah. We both were just talking about, I really want to start Crescent City. We both started it and could not. There were so many plot lines that we both oh, were like, really? we were rereading pages. I was so confused. But I, I also, it. this was when I was not pregnant. So I was high while I was reading. And that sometimes really elevates the experience for me. Yeah. But there were too oh, really? many things happening where I just couldn't follow. So we'll see. This fall with our toddler in school, I finally have some like mental freedom and time and ability during the day to brainstorm dinner ideas and put in some of the prep work before he gets home. And in reality, it would make life like so much easier if I did this every day, but it's still something that I'm working on. So whether I'm getting ahead of our dinners during the day or just trying to throw something together last minute with my toddler by my side after school, one thing is consistent. I'm relying on our Caraway cookware. We switched to Caraway cookware when we moved into our our new house this past January, and I really cannot imagine ever going back. Caraway's nonstick kitchenware makes cooking a breeze and cleanup easier than ever. Plus, their high-quality ceramic-coated kitchenware is free of PTFE, lead, and other toxic materials, and they come in the most beautiful colorway options. We have these like gorgeous blue painted cabinets in our kitchen, so I leaned in on the blue hue and got a navy set, and I love them. With cookware, bakeware, storage, and tea kettles, to choose from, there is truly something for everyone. This fall, I personally will be leaning into like one of my favorite dishes, which is so easy to make because it's just really like a stir fry of sorts with a rice base and then whatever protein we defrost that day. And then all of the veggies that we just have on hand sauteed in my caraway skillet. This is the easiest weeknight dinner. And when I don't want to think about like creating something new and I just want to simply throw things together, I always have it in my back pocket. If you want to upgrade your cookware, visit carawayhome.com com slash Cameron to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash Cameron or use code Cameron at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Now that we are in like the swing of things with school, a whole new task has been added to my plate and mental load, and that is packing my toddler's lunches. I've been documenting this journey on TikTok and Instagram, and it seems like a lot of you are either in the same boat of trying to figure out what the heck to pack your kids, or for some unknown reason, you just find these videos entertaining. But either way, it has forced me to step outside our typical lines when it comes to groceries, especially as we navigate what I talk about in the videos, but following his like class allergen restrictions. And that is why I am so especially grateful for Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. Without fail, I have an order arriving every like four to six weeks to replenish our pantry. And not only do they have all the products I love, like Simple Mills, 
Bells, Chomp, Siete, Three Wishes, Go Macro, and so many more. But I love that they get delivered right to my door because it is such a big time saver. Plus, my son loves unpacking the boxes and putting everything away with me, even though it takes a hundred times longer. I especially right now love the filters on their site where I can easily check off allergens like nut free and then see all of the available options. The site is super user friendly and it is always reminding me of products to add to my cart from past orders that I may have forgotten this time around. We recently just placed an order to load up a ton of different snacks and the amount of money we save is incredible, okay? Let me tell you, on average, over 30% each time. With a recent order, we saved over $70. You really cannot beat that. Plus, if you find a better price somewhere else, they have a price match guarantee. And my favorite part is that when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Cameron for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Cameron, thrivemarket.com slash Cameron. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Speaking of marijuana. Yeah. So sober curious. Yeah. Talk to us about when this started. Yeah. And I'm curious because I know you used to really enjoy marijuana. I know. I and used to be do a big you stoner. anymore? I have not smoked in so... Okay, it's really funny. So I have been craving weed mm-hmm. so much lately and I haven't smoked. <laughs> it, no, it was before New York. It was before New York, but I have not smoked in a really long time. I need it though. I think I need a little bit of a, I think I need, it's going to happen soon, but I'm like such a control freak. I'm like, okay, I need to be on the couch. I need to have my food. I need to have nothing to do the next day. It just gives me anxiety. So I need to be very aware of my consumption, but, um, sober curious. Well, it's been now since it's been a year and a half, it's been a year and a half since I stopped drinking. When did you, when about when has it been the same for you? time, actually? Yeah, January 2021. I me. don't know the date, but I know it was winter. Okay. And it was 2021. Okay. So, like, basically around yeah. the same time. Yeah. So, January 2021, my life's never been better. I was thinking about it today. I was like, God, I just can't even imagine drinking alcohol. It's just not even a part of It's not even in my brain anymore. That's how I feel. Well, obviously, mm. I'm pregnant now. But- yeah. I just don't miss it. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, can I do this? With of my course foot? you can. Like, yeah, literally yeah. sick. Is it going to like show up on the camera? No, now? you're good. Okay. I just like really don't miss alcohol. I stopped drinking and it was kind of one of those things that was like a very big thing in my life where I was like, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, not going to be drinking anymore and I have to tell people and it was a whole thing and it became so much of my identity online. And now it's just very much like, it's crazy. I've come back to New York Literally all of my friends, I mean, they'll drink when they're with me, but so many of my friends have been ordering mocktails. And a lot of my friends too. I love it. And we like all order Diet Coke at dinner now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is such a fucking sleigh. Like I'm obsessed with this. Everyone feels better. Everyone's going to bed. Everyone's waking up early. And I do, I'm kind of loving the fact that this is a movement right now and people are Mm -hmm. 
not everybody is becoming sober curious, but I think people are really understanding their relationship with alcohol and wanting to take a deeper look at it. And for me, and like the work that I've done with myself and kind of what I bring to the online space in terms of my sober curiosity, I just want people to take another look at their relationship with alcohol right. and try to figure out if it's serving them. I'm so not a proponent of stopping drinking if it does not serve you. I say this as somebody who did not have an addiction to alcohol. I say this as somebody mm-hmm. who had the privilege to make the choice to stop drinking. But I'm with a partner who drinks alcohol. My parents drink alcohol. My friends drink alcohol. I don't have, besides, I mean, like you, I don't really have any friends that are sober or sober curious. Mm-hmm. So, and I have many friends that have a really healthy relationship with alcohol. But I think the healthier the relationship becomes is when you can sit down and take a look and say, what is my relationship with it? Am I overconsuming? Just like with social media, right? Totally. It's the exact same fucking thing. Am I overconsuming? Do I want to be doing it right now? Am I drinking to get drunk? Why, when I feel like I'm ordering a glass of wine, am I ordering? What? Why am I doing it? And I actually think you know? I had like a very healthy relationship with alcohol, which I feel like you did, I did too. too. Yeah. For me, it was just, I had a healthy relationship, but it just fucked with my brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. And deeply impacted my anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And once I stopped and realized how much better I felt, because mine was never like a, I'm giving up. It was like, I'm going to take a week off. Right. And then that week turned into two and then a month and then six months and a year, whatever. And here we are. I just felt so much better about every aspect of my life. And similarly, it then just became something I don't think about. Right. I just have a quick question. Is Diet Coke like a thing instead of Coke? Because I was at dinner with Carissa the other night and I was thinking about this. She got Diet Coke and I got a Coke. And now I feel like I also see everyone else drinking Diet Coke. Is it like way more popular than Coke? So I have no idea. I think I actually don't know. And for me, it's not a diet culture thing. <laughs> well, obviously, but I don't think I it mean, is. Like if there's chemicals. Like, right. I just, um, like, I do people feel really like prefer Diet Coke? Is I think there's just like a different taste and I prefer the taste of Diet Coke more than I prefer the taste of Coke. Okay. That's literally the only reason I drink it. I want to tell you there is likely a thing about Diet Coke. Like Gen Z is probably a diet. There's a, there's a thing. I'm going to do some research on my stories. I'll poll the people because I've been noticing this a lot. I order Coke at restaurants and I noticed that if someone else is ordering a soda, it's always a Diet Coke. And I'm like, is Coke not a thing anymore? I was also like big into Coke Zero in Europe. I just don't like the taste of regular Coke is saccharine to me. It's like, I love it with a lime. Mm. See Diet Coke with lemon, Coke Zero with lemon. No, I'm craving it right now. Well, so I think my mom was like a Diet Coke addict at one point of my childhood interesting so was my aunt yeah like my aunt too the two of them and oh my god but that's the thing though okay so in the same vein with diet coke right anything (laughs) that you're consuming like daily that's becoming like oh you need to have it in the fridge it has to happen at three o'clock every single day it doesn't matter okay so Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's alcohol it doesn't matter if that's something you need to take a deeper look at so for me it's like with diet coke i don't have I don't have a soda every day. I actually try to refrain. Like we keep like, you know, our Olipops and poppies in the house. And I generally will like not keep Diet Coke in the house. For me, it's more of a like, I'm going out and I'm having a Diet Coke. It's a fun thing. It's a fun thing. I have it in my fridge, Coke, Coca-Cola for migraines. Okay. But yes. Which is great and (laughs) you need it. But we will like get home from yoga a lot of the time and we're craving soda. Like we're craving the Olipops. Oh Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I'm not going to have it every night. And it, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sure we're going to get comments like she's restricting herself. No, from I mean, that, that's not. But I'm just not trying to do 
anything every day. I'm not trying to work out every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to drink soda every day. I have to be so conscious about moderation because I do have, I don't know if it's necessarily an addictive personality, but I have a very strict personality. I'm a very rigid person. I am addicted. I'm addicted to my routine. I'm addicted to waking up at the same time to doing my thing, to to eating my tuna at fucking lunch where Tom literally has let me on like mercury poisoning well, watch. I mean, you should, I had mercury poisoning. So Wait, we'll talk about shut? this later. Yeah, I had it intensely. I had to do chelation therapy for that three months. That is not funny. No, Because you had tuna funny. every day? No, it wasn't from tuna. It was from an amalgam metal filling that got removed. He literally tells me I'm gonna get mercury poisoning every day when I no, it was actually open my can well, tuna. That's why I had such bad digestive issues and why I had SIBO twice and leaky gut and IBSC all turned back to my mercury levels were at like 120 something. They're supposed to be like under 18 or something crazy. I had to go on collation therapy for three I months. I am not happy about this. I am not we'll happy talk about, about this. Okay. But speaking of what you mentioned, two things. One, I similarly have an addictive personality. And yeah. it, I say this all the time in my personal life. I don't know if I've ever said it on here. It's why I've never done cocaine. Speaking of Coke. Oh, really? Because my- You're afraid you'll like it too much. It's everything I've ever wanted. No, it's not. Well, I, I know that, but like it would have kept me up. Mm-hmm. It would have made, like, fun. made me more fun. It sobered you up. Sobered me up and would have kept me energized. I was always the girl that was like, can we go home? Like I'm- not ashamed to say I'm usually the first to leave something, Mm -hmm. which I don't care. Right. I'm really fun. And then I'm like, I got to get to bed. Sleep is so important to me. And my mom was a banker in the eighties. So safe to say she experienced her fair share and always told me like, you will love it. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. So I never did. And it was something that like when we were in school or less college, more New York city, like post-college days Mm -hmm. when my People in my circle would do it if we were out or whatever. I'd be like, I just know I'm gonna love it. I can't. I can't. Good for you. So I've never done. I've never had a smoke of a cigarette, any of that. I've never either. Um, but I have a similar addictiveness, and for me, I also became addicted to a routine in the morning where mm-hmm. I was so rigid and psychotic mm-hmm. about it that it would be a reason why I would like miss out on things. Right. Because I was so obsessed. It was during mm. my orthorexic days. So like it's Classic, all tied in. The orthorexic days. Yeah. But I was actually recently talking about this with my big sister because she is way less routine oriented. Mm. And she's like, oh, I wake up and decide how I feel and what I want to do and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And we were having this talk when it came to just like our lives and being moms and all of this stuff. And she's like, well, you're very regimented and I was like you know I don't think I am necessarily regimented but I think I know small things that massively help my mental health totally and therefore they're a priority for me yes but it doesn't become an active decision I'm not thinking about it it's all part of like a habit stack where I've cut down my routine Mm -hmm. to see where can I be like efficient I don't need 10,000 steps no but what will help me and for me that's like I get up around the same time every day. Mm-hmm. I have my drinks. I journal very quickly. I meditate. Yeah. I typically exercise, but it's really like an hour to myself before Liam wakes up. Yeah. That changes my entire tone for the day. Totally. And I always tell people to coming as somebody, and I know you also did, like who worked a nine to five before mm-hmm. careers now. I think people are really up in arms when I'm like, oh, the morning routine. They're like, I don't have time for this. 
Choose two things. Okay, but to be totally fair, I what? did this entire morning routine and I was at my desk by seven in the morning. Okay, so the morning. you're so like, literally insane. So no, I I'm, was insane. Be- and that was when I was psychotic. But you can choose two things you can, to do. Because when I was waking up and had to be at my desk at eight in the morning and I wanted to like the two things I wanted to do where I wanted to meditate and I wanted to like, I don't know, eat my fucking warm quinoa bowls take or whatever, poop. take a poop, whatever it was. I was like, I'm going to set my alarm for this time every day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do this one or two things that I just know this is my thing that I can rely on every single morning. Mm-hmm. And then I move on because I understand not everybody has time for a fucking walk. Not everybody has time to journal. Not everybody has time to meditate. So you just have to pick the couple things that are worth it to you and then do those things. Also, you can meditate anywhere. I used to meditate. Yeah. I would not recommend in today's world meditating on a subway, but I used to meditate in like, remember when Ubershare was a thing? Is that still, it's a, still thing? a thing? I literally just did it. Or Via. Did you have Via? I don't know. When Via. you were in New York, Via was no. like these vans that would pick us all up on our way oh to like Midtown. So you'd like get in a van with all these other people. And then sometimes people would start talking. There'd be like six of us. And some of us would start talking and then wow. you'd be like, oh, you work on this desk. I work on this desk. Oh, you know this person? Because it was everyone like in our so industry fun. at that hour. And then sometimes Joe and I, we'd have Uber shares because we'd go to the gym before work. And there would be people coming home from bars. And we were like, this is not how we should be living our lives. So but it is. Anyway, you can meditate like, it, on a, on your train, if you're taking NJ mm-hmm. Transit, you can, or whatever, LIR, you can meditate in an Uber or that, like you can meditate for five, mm-hmm. a minute. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this like huge thing. And I also think there's a big push for morning routines. And I know I push that a lot because I'm a morning person, but I had totally. this conversation with someone recently. If you're not a morning person, mm-hmm. figure out what works for you and do it at night. Totally. Some people are night people. I just am not. And I'm like so... I am mean. I'm mean to people who aren't morning people. I'm like, how could you not be a more like my friends? I'm like, how could you not be a morning person? I am my best person. I am my best self in the morning. Same. We all need to be morning people. You need to go to bed earlier. And I know a ton of people that just work their best in the evening. Totally. And it's totally okay. And they need to do that for themselves. But I will be in bed at 7.30 p.m. Like, <laughs> ideally, I am- 7.30. Eating, I- Ideally, I am living like a 90 year old's life. Like I am eating dinner at 515. Like dinner is we eat dinner at 530 brought to the table at 515. I'm eating. I'm digesting. I'm having some, you know, little ice cream, some yogurt, Mm -hmm. some chocolate. And by 730 p.m. as the as the sun makes its way down the horizon, I'm in bed with a book. And I'm and I'm just falling asleep around 815. Oh, you're even earlier than me. It has not happened in years. I've not done that. in, But I used to have that routine in yeah. my orthorexic phase. I was like very much able to do that. Now I don't go to bed till like 1030. But yeah, for me, it's like, well, honestly, one of the biggest things for parents listening, like is that time uh, we're reg Look, we're regiment with Liam's schedule. Totally. Because that's how I keep my sanity. Totally. I could not be a sane person personally mm-hmm. if we didn't have that and I was just with my friend for the weekend who is the polar opposite of me right and we had this conversation where I was like I knew from the beginning if mm-hmm. I did not have him on some form of schedule that would mm-hmm. really cause me a lot of anxiety because I would never feel like I had time for myself and she was like totally respect that I felt so anxious around the idea of a schedule so yeah. I can't have one and I was like totally respect that I love when other moms are able to respect that because I have been seeing I'm not in that world, but I know. So I have so many mom friends who are like, 
that fucking bitch who sleep trains her child. And oh. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's the, there's like totally these opposing it's wild. factors of moms who are angry at other moms for doing what works for them and their family and their schedules. Oh. And I'm like, I don't think anybody's right or wrong. You really just do how you have, you have to, to do, do what, what works, works for you. you. And it is insane to me that people feel so opinionated that it's like my way or the highway. I'm like, it's the same thing with breastfeeding formula. Do whatever the fuck works for you. Why would I care? Yeah. Why would I care? As yeah. long as your kid is healthy and loved and cared for, it does not matter how you are parenting your child. Yeah. Like it blows my mind. But I do think it just shows that there can be so many different ways to go about certain things, right. whether it's drinking, whether it's social media consumption, whether it's how you're doing your job, whether it's morning or night routine. Like mm -hmm. we don't have to all do the same thing. And I do think that that's something that social media has flawed us with in this belief that like there's one thing that'll pick up a following, you know, years ago, don't eat bananas. Oh. And and then everyone is like, yeah. we're following this and there's yeah. one way or the highway. And in all of the orthorexic blogger phases, which I partook in as a blogger, mm -hmm. it was like the 20 step morning routine. If you didn't do it, your day was fucked. Mm -hmm. We can all do different things. Yeah. We, we can, and I can't imagine, I think the only thing worse than being like a teenager on social media is being a mom on social media because I get triggered by watching moms post content of their kids. The amount of comparison that it's moms must have wild. to go through signing on to social media every day, looking at their kids, these other people's kids and being like, I am doing it all wrong mm -hmm. is I'm like unwell about it. So it's interesting because I do get some messages, not even meanly. Obviously, I get people who like judge me for certain decisions I make. I don't care. It's so funny to me. Like, I feel so confident as a mom that that shit does not get to me. I'm yeah. like, oh, you think I'm doing a bad job? Sucks to be you because I'm yeah. great at it. I know how yeah. like I'm perfect for my child. I could not totally. parent someone else's kid the way that I parent my son. But right. like I'm great for him and I'm confident in that. But I have gotten messages of being like, not rudely, it's just, you know, it's it's hard to not inherently compare. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to instilling confidence in yourself, whether you're a mom or whether you're a teenager on social mm -hmm. media or whatever it might be that you're personally questioning when you see other people doing things because mm -hmm. I do it with work because that's maybe not my most confident. Right. I don't do it as a mom because I feel confident there. So yeah. it's clear for me that distinction. Yeah. I think sitting with yourself and being like, okay, but why is that? making me feel less than because I'm great at what I'm doing. Right. I'm amazing in this way. Or, you know, what does that make? What does that potentially shed light on something that I'm internally questioning? Right. And how do I want to handle that? And well, I ask myself that a lot because I question myself all the time around other things when it comes to social media. Which is a totally human thing to do. And I, I can only speak to kind of like my experience and where I'm at in my life. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of maybe 30-year-old you know, people who are in relationships, who are not married, yep. will probably resonate with this. Absolutely. But the whole engagement, watching people getting engaged, you know, it's so funny to think about like what you want versus what you see and then what you think you should want. Yep. I think there's such a huge distinction and it's something that we're constantly having to, again, it's like you have to be very clear and very intentional about figuring out which one it is and not comparing yourself and then wondering if I want this thing, do I really want it? 
And if, if I don't really want it, what is it about me? What am I insecure about in my relationship? What am I insecure about in terms of like my image or whatever it is that is causing me to want this thing that I don't truly want for myself? But I see even personally, like I'll start to get these ideas of like, you know, oh, maybe I should be getting engaged soon. Like, I is it time? Oh, wait, maybe I should be getting a dog. Should I be going to Italy this summer? Why am I not going to Italy this I, I don't even, I literally don't want to go to Italy like at mm-hmm. all right now. I mean, sure. Yeah. But like, no. Yeah. And I, you see all of these things online and you have to constantly try and refabricate your brain to say what, what is right for me in my life right now without all of the outside noise. And it can be really difficult to shut the noise out, whether you're a mom or you're a, you know, 30 something year old, just making your way through life or you're a teenager how do you block out the noise? And I think so much of it is getting real with yourself and asking yourself what is right for you. Yep. And I know we've had this conversation plenty of times personally, but it's something I feel sometimes where I'll watch these creators who sh- decide to share their children on social media mm-hmm. and posting all these cute family videos or whatever it might be. And look, of course, it's getting the extra eyes. It's getting the likes. It's getting right. all this. And then the accounts are growing and they're getting probably bigger deals and all of those things. And I will catch myself being like, oh, I have this really cute photo. I wish I, I, like, I want to share this. I want to do this video. This would perform so well. And then I'm like, wait, what do I really want? What is my priority? What have I decided I want to do in terms of raising my child online versus what am I consuming? And why am I questioning that? Like, because of the views. Okay. So let's bring it back to the narrative of the focus on why I'm deciding not to do it because I don't want to quote my child for views. Totally. It's such an easy trap to fall into of the, you're seeing people do things. So you feel you have to. And I think it's really important. And I also think it's really applicable to like the young twenties where Mm -hmm. people feel like everyone has their life figured out on social media and no one fucking knows what they're doing in reality. And really sitting with yourself of, what are my priorities and what actually matters to me versus what am I seeing online? We're in an age of consumption right now, overconsumption. We're in an age of like, we need more. I, mm-hmm. I want more. I need more. And it's very, very true that we just need less. We need to consume less. We need to buy less. We need to just, everything needs to happen in smaller quantities. Diet Coke, alcohol, <laughs> social media, like routines. Yeah, yeah. Routines. It all needs to happen in smaller quantities. I think when you allow yourself to let go of these things, you allow yourself to let go of the rigidity of a really crazy routine. You allow yourself to let go of maybe going out every night or like, you know, spending Saturday nights drinking till you get drunk, whatever it is, you actually are creating space in your brain for understanding yourself to come in. Mm -hmm. You're creating space in your brain for these new, better, bigger things. I actually think when you release, you end up getting more, but it just takes time. And it's like sitting in that really kind of icky, messy interim that is so uncomfortable, but it, it leads you to something so much greater. So I'm like such a proponent of, again, consuming less, taking the weekends off, whatever it is, and uh, giving yourself space to be like, who the fuck am I and what do I want? Mm -hmm. While also giving yourself grace and having compassion for yourself and saying, I don't need to know who exactly I am. I don't need to know what exactly I want right now or if what I'm doing is exactly right for me. Because I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves because we see 
like the fucking clean girl aesthetic. And we see these people who are, know what they're doing and they're engaged and they have a baby and they have a chicken and they have a, in their fucking gardens and they're out gardening and they're eating fresh farm food to table in their country house. And they've got it all figured out. And it's like, they don't, you don't, I no don't, one does. nobody does. So you have to give yourself the compassion to say, I probably never will. How can I get to a place where I just feel really solid with where I'm at? Yes. And I think it's like consuming less mm-hmm. and just, just like, backing the fuck off. I love you. Love you. Where can people get more of you who want to support you? Olivia Noseda on pretty much everything. everything. I have a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say you got to put on the, the rocks, show. but I'm like taking a break right now. We'll okay. probably be back in the fall on the rocks podcast, but generally everywhere else, Olivia Noseda, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, website. Pinterest. Okay. I know what <laughs> Pinterest is the hidden gem. You want to find inspiration. So funny. I you go to Pinterest. It's yeah. you have anxiety. Go scroll on Pinterest. Well, there's okay. So th- there is a girl who I follow, J.C. Marie Smith, who's been on the show. Okay. She has a podcast with another girl, Chelsea. They're in Dear Media. And she, when I had them on my show, I asked them to like rank their favorite social media apps. And yeah. she was like, well, one would probably be Pinterest. Or I forget if it was one, but something. And I was so thrown off. Yeah. And then I saw her do a TikTok recently that was like, Pinterest just has me feel good about myself. It yeah. doesn't have me compare. Do I need to be on Pinterest? But then I'm like, no, I don't. I don't need to consume more. You don't need to consume more. No. Yeah. But people do love Pinterest. But Pinterest so. is great. If there's one thing I think that's a really nice, like, oh, you want to consume some content. Maybe it's later in the evening. You're like, I don't, I shouldn't be on TikTok. I shouldn't be on Instagram. Yeah. I don't need to see. Go on Pinterest. All right. Style inspo, food inspo, colors. It's fun. Plug for Pinterest. Well, I yeah. love you. Thank you for doing this. I love this. you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.